Welcome to the Therapist to Millions podcast with Dr. Susan Spicer and Damien Marksmith, where we interview all kinds of therapists to see what makes them tick as they share their breakthroughs, their most interesting cases and their biggest challenges and what's working in the world of mental health today. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Therapist to Millions podcast where we interview therapists and we find out not only what makes them tick but what's going on in the world of mental health right now and we kind of dig down into some case studies and because it's the first show we have Dr. Susan Spicer. We have to start off with uh, with the person who's helped set this whole thing up. So uh, Dr. Susan Spicer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Damien. Welcome. Thanks, everyone. Hi. And as you know, it's because of you that we've created the Therapist to Millions. What we're, we're, we're hoping to do is to help therapists to get their message out to a wider audience, to amplify their message and their brand and to reach more people as a result. And it's because of you, Susie, that, you know, we are actually doing this. We had a conversation uh, before Christmas last year and it was your idea to to kind of set this up. So thank you so much uh, for, for basically inspiring this and coming up with the uh, with the idea. You're welcome. So let's let's because we're running this. This show is going to work on a basic format, which we do a little bit of an introduction. We kind of work out what makes you tick as a therapist, you know, why you started as a therapist in the first place. And then we kind of like dig down into some case studies uh, and then we kind of go on to some fun stuff uh, towards the end. So why did you become a therapist in the first place? Give us a little bit of a backstory. Yeah, I became a therapist basically because people fascinate me. And from a young age, I've always been very interested in studying the brain. And I really became a psychologist because I love helping people. I love studying people. I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction and warm fuzzies out of diving into someone's past and helping them recover from trauma, helping them recover from past negative experiences, just to find joy and purpose and meaning in their lives. So I I became a therapist really for that reason, to connect with people. And as a neuropsychologist, uh, I look at I look at human behavior really from a biological perspective and a neuropsychological perspective first, rather than from a evolutionary psychology perspective or cognitive behavioral perspective. I really just go to biological and neuropsychological theories of development first as a way to explain human behavior. So this is really what inspired me to become a neuropsychologist. I love conducting evaluations. I love finding out what makes people think the way they think and do what they do. What are their strengths and weaknesses? What are their clinical deficits? And yeah, that's what really made me become a psychologist. And what types of therapy do you specialize in? I specialize in EMDR. That's about 90% of my practice right now. I've been practicing for about 25 years, and I have practiced a large number of different modalities, cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. I'm trained as a clinical hypnotherapist. I do inner child work, but I've had the most success with EMDR. I personally have a trauma history, and I find it very rewarding to help people overcome trauma and heal, especially from narcissistic abuse. So most of my work involves helping people recover from childhood trauma and recent trauma, and in the process, heal their relationships. As an executive life coach, I also focus on teaching people how to condition their thoughts. And I also work as a brain health coach. I'm trained through Amen Clinics. So I help people improve their memory and cognitive functioning to prevent Alzheimer's and dementia. And I teach people they're not stuck with the brain they have, that they can improve the health of their brain and even restore um, and repair lost functioning. So what is it in your story that inspired you to to do this then? 
Well, my story is that I personally witnessed the suicide deaths of two people that I love. They happened just 18 months apart and they happened right in front of me. I was living with both of these people when they died. One of them woke me up in the middle of the night, told me he was suicidal, said, Suze, my brain's not right, and shot himself in the head right in front of me. So following these tragedies, I was homeless. While I was completing my neuropsychology residency, I was living in my car and I was traumatized. And at that point, my parents sued me. I owed them money and they thought that my life was a wreck and that I wouldn't make it. And they told me dozens of times to drop out of my doctoral program. I finally did graduate and then I was diagnosed with cancer. So realizing that my trauma and depression created illness in my body, I began a program of meditation, self-love, visualization, and therapy to recover from trauma. And in the process, I healed my relationship with my parents and I'm now cancer-free. So I use my life experiences and my education to help people around the world overcome trauma and condition their thoughts to create the life of their dreams. And this is fantastic. It's one of the reasons we set up, you know, Therapist to Millions. So, you know, on, the, on that basis and the amplification yeah. of that, what is your most important message to share with the world then? My message is that I teach people how to overcome trauma and condition their thoughts to create the life of their dreams. That's that's it in a sentence. And that's what you and I teach people. Put yeah. your message in a sentence, right? I want people to know that it is possible to heal your life through your thoughts. It's possible to completely recover from traumatic experiences, just like I did, to achieve forgiveness, to go on to create the life of your dreams. And the most important aspect of this comes from learning to love yourself unconditionally. That's what I, that's the message I want to take to the world. When you turn anger into love and you live in a state of self-love, everything in life becomes easy and effortless. So you need to be able to look at your past without judgment, without blame, without regret, and understand that all experiences in your life were created by your thoughts and happen to achieve your highest good and even experiences that are painful and traumatic. So if I hadn't lived through witnessing two traumatic suicides, if I'd not been homeless, if I'd not lived in my car, if I'd not been sued by my parents, if I'd not had cancer, I might not be the person that I am today. So in terms of getting your message out there, what's been the most successful marketing technique that you've utilized? By far, by far, connecting with you. <laughs> by far, by far, coaching with you and having you create funnels and landing pages and connecting me with high paying clients. That has been my most successful by far because I went through a whole series of failed attempts to get my message out, failed attempts to market myself. Um, I joined ClickFunnels, which is a great company, but I struggled to learn how to build my own funnel took me five weeks. I launched it and no one bought. And I didn't know that in order for people to buy from you, they have to know, like, and trust you. And research shows that they have to see you six to seven times on average before they commit to purchasing. And then I hired a marketing company that, you know, took my money and did nothing for me. So it was a complete waste. So I've been through a lot of failed attempts, but working with you by far has definitely been my most successful approach. <laughs> And we're working on a book. So and we're working on a book. Yeah. And we're working on a book because books work. So what what is the what, you had to write a book about anything? Because we, we know what you're writing a book about. It's your story. But exactly. uh, what do you call it? What's the name of the book? What's the name of the book? I would call it a million dollar therapist. Mm -hmm. Probably. I would I would teach people really that you don't have to trade um time for dollars. You don't have to 
see patients one-on-one and work for another practice 70 hours a week to eke out a living, I would teach people that you can create multiple six figures and even seven figure business by uh, leveraging yourself, by amplifying your message, by telling your story, by understanding what your story and your message and your brand are. That would be, you know, the first book I would write for sure. Now, if anyone's listening to this sort of further down the line and and, and thinks, hold on a minute, Therapist to Millions was the book. Well, actually, that was book one. The second book is The Million Dollar Therapist. So not right. to be confused. Right. So you might have come to this podcast through reading the first book, but that's going to be the second one. The second one's going to focus on your story, which is an incredible story, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes. And it's a true story, but it has shaped me. It has brought me to the place that I am today. I wouldn't trade it now. It definitely was difficult while I was going through it, but now I can look back and see, I can use these experiences to teach other therapists how to grow practice and to help other people. Are you a therapist or a coach who would like to expand your practice without trading more time for dollars? Head over to therapist2millions.com forward slash services and check out our membership site, which is a monthly program which will help you grow your practice, understand marketing, but crucially without having to do all of the technology or any of the tricky stuff yourself. Check it out, therapist2millions.com forward slash services. And, you know, when we decided to set this podcast up, one of the things you said was was absolutely fascinating for therapists is case studies. But we thought, yeah. well, is there a way that we can do it without obviously identifying anyone specifically? So using hypotheticals, what has been your biggest breakthrough in your therapy work? Yeah, I've had a lot of really, really, really interesting breakthroughs. Um, the one that's most recent and that really meant a lot to me and really touched me was a young woman who was fresh out of college has a significant history of childhood abuse from her family. Um, In particular, her dad was an incredible narcissist and very controlling, very um, uh, abusive. And, uh, you know, she's dating and living with a man who she thought she would marry and she was very much in love with him, but he was extraordinarily self-centered and he put her down in public. He ignored her. And, you know, she thought at first she's going to marry this guy and get away from her family. So the breakthrough came during EMDR, during a session, mm-hmm. um, and I'll never forget it. She said, I just realized that my boyfriend is exactly like my father. And I initially chose this man because he's a strong provider. He's a decision maker, just like my dad. But I chose him because he's comfortable for me because he fits that pattern. That's why I love EMDR because it gets to the core. It gets to the root of what our processing is. So once she realized that this guy is actually a carbon copy of dad, she immediately took the steps to leave him. And she actually did, which is really hard for someone who's been abused to leave a narcissist. So um, eventually, yes, she packed up and left. She's no longer speaking with him. And for me, that was just a really, really powerful breakthrough because this patient means so much to me. And I love working with her in this. I was just so happy to see EMDR processing, help her have this huge revelation and help her actually follow through. And what, what's been your personal biggest breakthrough? Personally, my biggest breakthrough occurred when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was living in incredible emotional pain and depression. I embarked on an intense program of developing self-love through meditation, visualization, affirmations. I had two positive biopsies and my doctor told me I needed surgery in 10 days. And I did this program of meditation, visualization, and affirmations for 10 days. And on the 10th day, 
I had surgery and my doctor removed a bunch of tissue. And when the results came back, he said, you are completely negative. I have no explanation. I don't know how this is. And he made me repeat my biopsy and it came back negative again. So that's been my personal biggest breakthrough professionally or personally. I mean, learning self-love and conditioning my thoughts to heal my life. Wow. And obviously yeah. that's, that's what you bring into your work now, which is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So what has been your most interesting <laughs> I love that question because I have really tons and tons of them. I conducted forensic neuropsychological evaluations in prisons for almost a decade. And so a lot of my probably most interesting or most fascinating stories come from that environment. I did evaluate a young woman who had robbed 15 banks successfully. And during my evaluation with her, we heard loud noises coming down the hall that sounded to me like a basketball game, like there were loud noises, voices bouncing off the cement wall. And she said to me, oh, gosh, I hate when they do that. And I said, what? She says, that's a riot. And it actually was a prison riot. I ran outside the room and I said to the guard, I have to leave. I'm going to finish this evaluation later. And he said, sorry, doc, you can't leave. We're on lockdown. So I'm going to put you back in the cell with her and lock you in. And we're just going to wait this ride out. And it was two hours I was locked in the cell with a bank robber while this riot took place outside. On another occasion, I was evaluating a man that was accused of murder. And there were multiple witnesses to this murder. He actually uh, admitted to this crime by text, pled guilty. And I was locked in this tiny jail cell with him conducting this evaluation a little cell that cement with no windows. And I had just asked the guards to unhandcuff him so that I could do blocks for the IQ test and do trails. And the guards un unhandcuffed him and left. And about five minutes later, all the lights went out in that wing of the prison. So we were sitting in this tiny, tiny cement cell with no windows and the lights went out. I couldn't even see my hand in front of my face. And so I said to him, you know, I just kept talking to him so I could see where he was. I didn't want him to walk behind me. I didn't want him to, you know, to, to hurt me. And eventually I said to him, you know, how are you doing? And he said, I'm kind of creeped out. This is kind of scary, don't you think? And it was actually then me comforting him for at least 10 minutes until the lights came back on. So that was probably another really interesting case that I had. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, well, it sounded like you had some big challenges uh, there, anyway. But but what has been your biggest challenge or, or failure, and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure, I would say, my biggest failure overall in practice, my biggest failure would be that I spent too much time working in group practices, trading time for dollars, mm -hmm. and too much time figuring out that I could go on my own, that I could create my own practice, that I could create multiple sources of residual income. I think that I worked for other people for so long and traded time for dollars and made other people money. And I look back now, and if there's one thing that I could change, I would become my own private practice practitioner earlier in my career. And I would have spread my message much earlier. Now, listen, we're starting a book club here at Therapist to Millions. Um, so there's kind of like two questions in one here, which is, you know, what's your best therapy book that you've ever read and why? And what's your best non-therapy book that can still be therapeutic and why? And we're going to have like two lists going, one specifically for therapy and one specifically for non-therapy. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I've read three therapy books that I really, really love. Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life is probably my favorite. I've given it to dozens and dozens and dozens of patients because even though Louise wrote this book in 1984, it's still applicable today. She talks about self-love and loving yourself unconditionally being the key to healing from so many disorders like depression and trauma and anxiety. Um, that would be one of my favorites. Getting Past Your Past by Francine Shapiro is an EMDR book. I love that because it explains to the client the process of EMDR and how it works. And The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel, Bessel Vandercook, because that really explains how our bodies store trauma. I think personally, the best book I've ever read that I love personally is Man's Search for Meaning mm -hmm. by Viktor Frankl. Yeah. He's a psychiatrist that you know founded logotherapy and talked about finding meaning and suffering. So he says, it's not your circumstances that make you happy, but it's the meaning you give to your life, even through suffering. And that we, we're no, when we're no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. I read that book probably two decades ago, but it still stuck with me to this day. It actually contains my favorite quote, favorite quote of all time. Between stimulus and response, there is a gap. And in that gap lies our freedom. Oh, I love it. Love, love it. Yeah, love it. Fantastic. So what is your top tip in the world of mental health now for people listening who maybe aren't therapists or uh, are looking for some support? What's your top tip for them? My top tip would be having a daily routine, preferably a morning routine, of practicing meditation, affirmations, journaling, self-love and reading, and doing that on a daily basis. Even five minutes of each of those a day um, can really change your life. Uh, a couple of years ago, I developed a course called Master Your Day, where I teach these daily success rituals. But I think that there's nothing more powerful that you can do for healing than to spend a few minutes each day on self-care in those in those areas. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to finish with a competition that we have for all of our guests, even though you know we're going to be doing the, uh, a lot of these interviews together, which is tell yeah. us a fact that blows our mind or tell us a joke that's one of a kind to win a Therapist of Millions t-shirt. So right. which is it to be, the fact or the joke? I thought today I'd tell a joke. Hey! <laughs> Go for it. I thought I'd tell a joke. Okay. Four psychologists are talking, and one says, you know... All day long, we listen to other people's problems. We listen to their guilt, their fears, their challenges, but we don't have anybody to go to with our problems. So why don't we take some time right now and hear each other out? And the three agreed. So the first psychologist confesses, I have an almost uncontrollable desire to kill my patients. And the second therapist says, you know, for the last two years, I've been sleeping with one of my patients. And the third says, I'm involved with selling drugs, and I often get my patients to sell them for me. And the fourth psychologist says, you know, no matter how hard I try, I cannot seem to keep a secret. <laughs> I like that one. That's really good. Brilliant. So, um, yes, the Therapist to Millions t-shirts are, are really nice, actually. So uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, just let us know. Uh, so you can send a, an email to Damien with two A's, D-A-M-I-A-N at therapistofmillions.com and let me know if you'd like to be on the show. And um, finally, Dr. Suze, obviously we've got the Therapist to Millions and you can get in contact with both of us through that. But if people do want to get directly in contact with you, Susie, how do they do it? Yeah, they can reach me at contact 
at drsusanspicer.com. So contact at drsusanspicer.com or they can call my practice at 989-577-5950. And of course, I also have my website up, which is drsusanspicer.com. Fantastic. And thank you so much for being the first guest on our thank podcast. <laughs> thank you. So excited. So excited. Fantastic. So and, and if you want to learn more about the Therapist to Millions or Brainwave Technologies, because they're going to be one of the sponsors of the show going forward, then please just go on to the therapist2millions.com or brainwavetechnologies.com. And we'll put the links in the show notes together with the links to our book club and also yes. how you can apply to be a guest on the show uh, going forward. So thank you once again, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much.